you're here to make a difference, it's our job to help you do that. Welcome to the Impact Driven Entrepreneur Podcast, the podcast that helps you to build a thriving coaching company by becoming a thriving, impactful CEO. We do that through the Impact Formula methodology. And what this means is that you're going to be selling out your offers, scaling beyond one-on-one into group programs, and leveraging a team so that you can exponentially increase your income and slash your work week. It's time to experience the true income, impact, and freedom you deserve. Welcome back. Today, we have my friend Heather Abbott here, and she is a prosperity coach that is going to help us to talk about money and energy. I just love her energy. Her financial background is fascinating and also how she weaves in the magic and all things energy into what she does. If you can't see my background, it's a little different. I am on spring break in the Adirondacks and we're having a great time. We had a huge nor'easter, so everything's covered in snow. Very beautiful. And I feel very prosperous and abundant. And I'm excited to have this conversation with you. Welcome. That's awesome. Most people, the white they want on spring break would be a white sand beach. You went for the snow. That's (laughs) that's the opposite. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I figured this place, I was like, no matter what the weather is, it's going to be perfect because the views are so beautiful in this house. And I was, it was one of those things. It was going to be a gamble either way at this time of the year in New York. Yeah. Awesome. I'm really happy to be on your show and help people with, give some tips or something to help people with their relationship with money because it is a relationship. So I actually have compared it before to getting over money blocks and becoming wealthy is like getting out of an abusive relationship. Same thing. Yeah. Same things to overcome. You have other people saying how to do it. You're dealing with shame. You don't know what people will think of you if you become wealthy or if you leave the relationship, like they're very similar. So a lot of people are afraid to become wealthy. They, don't, they, they would deny it because consciously we want that wealth. But subconsciously, there's a lot of programming that gets into us, especially before the age of seven, that holds us back. And it could be if you simply ask yourself, what do you think of rich people? If I was to talk to you and name off specific rich people, what would be your thoughts about them? And if it's negative, keep in mind that you're never going to want to be that rich person because you don't want to be somebody that you don't respect or like. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a a great exercise, definitely something to examine. What are some of the belief patterns we have? I think about rich people in general, but I love how you're bringing in the twist of like specific rich people too, because those stories that we're telling ourselves can be triggers of unprocessed issues that are coming up there as well. Yes. If you think of Oprah, Usually you don't have negative connotations because to me, Oprah is one of the heart-centered people in the world. And I would, my mission is to help heart-centered people take their place amongst the wealthy because the more heart-centered people become wealthy, the better the world's going to be because money does not make you evil. Money brings out more of what you already are. And if you're already a caring, giving person, you now will have more to do 
the giving and the caring with more resources to help you build that business that can go out and help people. And if you're already a jerk, well, money's probably going to just help you be more of a jerk, but maybe you will get to be a nice person. Because if you're at a gala or even out with friends and they say, hey, I'm doing this fundraiser, who do you think's whipping out their checkbooks first? The wealthy. And you want to be one of those because you want to be one of the ones who says, yes, that's a good cause. I'm going to give you a check. Yes, that's awesome. I'm going to give you a check. That's you. It's a good place to be, but it can be a hard place to get to. Yeah. And I think too, one thing that I learned um, along the way is starting now, right? Like not thinking that you have to be at a certain financial level to give. Because if you struggle to give $5, giving $5,000 when that's going to be a percentage of your income in the future is not going to be easier. It's going to be just as hard. And so for me, one thing, one practice that I started doing with my budget is I actually call it like my millionaire, my millionaire financial habits. It's putting away money for the future, which is building wealth. So my savings rate is number one. And then number two is giving and having a line item for that every single month and doing it on purpose. Because again, if we can't do it now, it's not going to be easier later. What do you think of this? <laughs> Am I like, I, off? I know I always tell people one of the things that you have to do is because I, my system that I have deals with obligations food and fun and you right as a percentage of your net income I teach you exactly how to calculate your means level live within your means I can show you how to calculate that so you know exactly where your money's going the pay you part that to me is symbolic it's also very important so minimum 10 percent should be going in an account for future you Future you is the person who's going to have to pick up all the slack for the stuff you're putting off doing now. (laughs) We should be kinder to future you, the good person, and we're going to be them someday. So you want to put that money aside. But if you're in a position where you can't afford to pay yourself 10% of your income or even $10 of your income, you must at least symbolically give yourself a dollar every time you get money come in. That's future you. And the reason for that is if you're working and you don't even have a dollar to pay to future you, why are you working? Like how bad is that struggle? Like something needs to change in your life. And I agree that, yes, we should be putting aside money for perhaps, and it's what's important to you. So it could be giving, it could be education. And these are all extra percentages or portions that you're going to set aside. Future you is maybe passive income. It could be investing. It could be creating something that will bring you passive income because there's lots of ways. There's many different ways to look at that. It just clicked something else in my brain. A lot of people feel overwhelmed about where they are now. And they think I'm nowhere near ready for retirement. And they're starting to panic. Keep in mind that your energy can go into getting you money or your energy can go into getting 
education or becoming good at something. And that something that you have an education in or that you're good at or that you love doing, hopefully whatever it is you love doing, that can be your way to earn money. Okay, I talked to a woman who was getting close to retirement, afraid to look at her finances, not wanting to do any of it just because she was like, I know I'm in a bad place. I don't have money set aside. And I'm like getting close to retirement age. I'm like, but you already told me you're a yoga teacher, this and this, you have these three skills that you can easily monetize. So no, you didn't put your energy into money in a bank account for retirement, but you put your energy into being able to do things that you enjoy and get paid for them in retirement. And if people actually look at their lives that way, then they can maybe get out of the overwhelm and stop focusing just on the money and start focusing on what brings them joy because you want true prosperity in your life. Prosperity is not just wealth. Prosperity is freedom. Prosperity is fun. And prosperity is finances. And if any one of those three is missing, life isn't good. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And I think in my like millionaire habits, which I guess is the you account or the you section for you. I've also included my gym membership and which is something that I wasn't doing, wasn't using. I've shared on the podcast before, like how I had so much, so many stories around it, had to do so much healing on it. And when I found something that worked for me, I invested in it. I, it was a line item that I was investing in and I was seeing it especially going back to working at a hospital, like how important that health piece is to allow you to have that freedom. When I do a course on the break, Mm -hmm. I always get them to do squats. And I tell them the reason I am getting you to do squats (laughs) is because you need those muscles because those are the muscles that lift you up and down off of that porcelain throne that you always want to be able to use because as soon as you are in a position where your muscles can't lift you up off of that porcelain throne, you are likely going to end up in diapers and tied to a bed. And you don't want that in life, so squats. And someone asked me one day, they're like, but you're doing that every day, getting up and off. And I'm like, yes, that's bare minimum. And if all you have is bare minimum, My grandmother, bless her soul, was 93, I think, when she got the flu and was bedridden for two weeks. She was never able to get up again. So squats, people, every day, multiple times. And if (laughs) if you want to fall proof yourself too, you would stand with your eyes closed. And if your balance is bad, just hold on to something, but close your eyes and stand on one foot and then do it on the other foot. And if you do that every day, you are technically fall proofing yourself because your balance will be good and you will be less likely to fall. So squats and that, and you should be good. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. I love it. And I think that when we talk about money too, I like how we are going in this conversation in that we are talking about money as it relates to multiple things, because it's not just the dollars in the bank account. 
what you really want money to do for you is this. It's the freedom, the longevity, right? The wealth, like having money in the future, like all of these things are why money is so important. It's not simply like dollars in a bank account today or what you made today. It's really about the big picture of your life and really enjoying that. Yeah, it's allowing in the things that you want. And it's not, if people say, oh, I need more money. I want more money. You never really want money. You want what money will get you. And there is nothing on this planet that anybody ever wants except for the one reason that they think they will feel better if they have it. Why do you want a new mate? Because you think you'll feel better if you have them. Why do you want more money? Because you think you'll feel better if you have it. Why do you want anything? It's because you think you will feel better when you have it. And a lot of the time, it's incorrect. That's why people will spend money and money and money trying to buy the happiness that they can't get. Because you can't buy it. You have to make it internally. I've seen a little drawing of stick figures, right? And, and they're facing each other. And one of them's holding a jar and on the jar is written the label happiness. And the other one says, oh my gosh, I've been looking for that everywhere. Where did you find it? And that's what the one holding the jar made it myself, which is the only <laughs> way to get it, right? You have to make it. So if you only want things because you think you will feel better once you have it, I challenge you, feel better now. Work on the feeling better. Be joyous. Look for what makes you happy. Make a note every morning when you get up of three things that make you happy. It could be music. And I, if you don't feel happy, put on music that you like because that almost always works. Almost always. Yeah. So if you can do that in the morning, chances are you have just started your day off on the right foot because you've started it off with gratitude for something that you enjoy. And then you stay in that part. And if you can get to the joy, everything that you want is going to flow in. And no, it's not, you're just going to be sitting on your butt and it's gonna rain money. But if you're happy, when you're in that inspired state, you're going to feel like doing things. And when you feel like doing things and you are in alignment with who you truly are, you're going to be doing the things that will make things flow in. So the money will come and the things will come and the relationship will come. But first you find the happiness, not find the thing that brings you happiness. The happiness is first, always first. And if you don't, the things don't come to you, you're already happy. So who cares? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I think that's the key. And I think that also speaks to like living below your means, right? The reason that can be actually very abundant and it can be very fulfilling is because you stop basically numbing with shopping or with buying things and you start enjoying and being happy with what you have. I think for me, I went through like a minimalism journey last year where I got rid of half of my things and I didn't realize how much abundance I would feel in letting go of all of the excess stuff and how much of a practice it was for me of, hold on, I do have so much. I just have so much in here. And so I think that, yeah, basically 
being happy just solves for a lot of the, of the numbing that is often done with finances, which makes everything harder, right? Because if you spend more, you're going to have to make more and work more. And if you put things on credit cards and build up debt, the more debt you have, the more bills you now have to pay because there's interest on top of everything else that you already couldn't afford. But you also bring up a brilliant point about clearing clutter. Because if you have things around you that you don't love, that don't bring you joy, that they're just there, they are, there's energy. The whole world is energy. This is science. This isn't woo. Everything is made of energy and everything around you has an energy attachment to you. All your stuff, even if it's in storage, it's your stuff and you have an energy attachment to it. When you release the stuff that doesn't matter to you, you will release weight and you will make space for new things to come in. This I have proven myself because when I moved into my parents' place, they called me a hurricane. I was going through and helping them to clear out clutter. And my mom and dad were both losing weight. I, I had already lost what I was, had to lose. And they were seeing more things flow in because my parents are older. So they come from the generation where they've, they've, you know, parents who lived through the recession or the depression. And so they held on to things in case they needed it. So in the basement, there might be a pile that actually seems like it's part of the house now because you always walk around it. (laughs) So getting, noticing what's there and actually attacking it systematically. So it's a small portion of the time. That's the other Mm -hmm. key to taking action on anything is make the steps micro steps so that you're not having to pull up a bunch of willpower to do it just small steps and you'll see that the small steps add up yeah yeah one question that I love to ask myself when I was like faced with the overwhelm of the stuff and I started using it in the business too is what would be a fast win for me here like what is the the biggest win but also the fastest one that I can get to because At times I would have 10 minutes, 15 minutes here and there to declutter, to get through stuff. And you can do a lot in that time. If you think about it in terms of what's the biggest, what would make the biggest difference here? Yeah. Oh yeah. Like I had run room full of stuff with my kids and stuff. It was just everything, all the toys and everything kept getting tossed in that room. And it was almost like, I swear it was like a storage room that was waist deep. So when you have to tackle something like that, you cannot go in and say, I'm going to clean this room. No, you're not. (laughs) You're going (laughs) to clean this one foot section. And then the next day you'll tackle the next one foot section. You have to break it down into bite-sized pieces. How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. Same thing. How do you increase your finances? One bite at a time. So putting aside that small amount for you and managing it now the way you mentioned and bring this back to the beginning where you said you you put aside money for donations and things now whatever it is you think you would want to do with your money later don't wait till later to start managing it start managing it when you have almost nothing and get in the good habits so that you will have those habits to follow through with because your brain will always go back to what is programmed already, right? It doesn't write new programs easily. So if your program says, 
okay, that's on sale. I'm going to buy it now. I don't need it, but it's on sale. So I'm going to buy it now. You get a whole bunch of money come in. Guess what? You're going to see a lot of sales and what's going to happen to your money is going to go pretty quickly on things that you don't actually need that are going to take your energy and you're not going to be in a good place. There's very little that you actually need. Yeah, there's so many different things to talk about with finances, but really, if you want it boiled down, is get clear on where your money is going. Make sure and you can track what's going on so that you're cutting out the things that aren't being used, like a gym membership you don't use or magazine subscriptions if you still have those. Anything that you're not using, why are you keeping it? And if it's just because I got a deal on it, well, is it really a deal? Because right. you're not a discount it. still costs you money. Free is right. different, but we tend to accumulate so many things. Yeah. One of the things that we've done the most with our clients who really suffer from the shiny object syndrome is number one, remembering that most of the online programs out there are set up in basically they're going to give you one chunk of information. And the problem with that is then you need like 20 chunks to even make any progress. So what you want to focus on is having a complete system, which it's not going to be a sales pitch or anything, but that's how we teach it. We literally give them every single thing. And then we tell them you can't buy anything else. Like when you're here, you're not allowed to do that because it's all in here. If you're doing that, you're actually not doing the work you're supposed to be doing, which is the coursework in here. But my point in saying all of that is what I found when I was going through the initial build of my business is I was buying a ton of different courses and I honestly needed them because it would be incomplete information. And it would be another course over here that had Facebook, another course over here for Instagram and all of the things, right? You can go on and on with that. One teaches yeah. you funnels, one, another one teaches you sales calls. And at the end of the day, you need all of those skills. You don't just need one skill. Or you need to have mm -hmm. a job so that you have money so that you can pay people to do some of that stuff because you don't have to know exactly. how to do everything. But yes, there are yeah. incomplete things out there. And that is one of the big problems because people want that complete package because a lot of the time we're out there looking for help with so many different things, but the answers are inside of us. And if you get mm -hmm. to that happy place and quiet place so that you can actually sit with yourself now and then, because you should like yourself enough to take that time to be able to sit down with just your own company and pick out what's in your brain and say, so what's going on with me? And this mm -hmm. was a challenge for me at one point. Like I have told you, I was severely mentally abused for years in denial the whole time, but I was. And I detached from emotions and I would just say, oh, I'll think about that tomorrow. But you need to get familiar with yourself. And if your body has pains and aches, that is a big key that you are not having a conversation with yourself because your body will tell you your body actually has all kinds of answers in it. So if you say, why this problem? Why this health problem now? what is it? I literally met a woman who told me that she had been sexually abused. And then 10 minutes later, she mentioned she had a hip replacement. I'm like, Oh, you wanted the violated hips out wanted new ones. 
And she's like, you are the first person that got that. It's how your body works. It's how the world works. It's everything is energy and money is just a portion of it. And if you want true prosperity, you need that freedom. You need that joy and you need the finances. And yes, you need guidance around it, but you don't need to go bankrupt doing it. Yeah, I, I agree a hundred percent. It's definitely the wisest piece of advice that we can give here is like making sure your investments match your profits in your business and don't exceed. And you're definitely using, and that is a challenge that I did for myself as well. When I had my big investment period early on, which I still invest heavily, I'm working one-on-one with a coach. I can definitely afford that though. It's very different, but in the initial phases for me, my goal was always, I'm going to take this program and I am going to at least 4X what I paid. And I continued that with my employees. If anyone's listening, that's one of the tenants that we have for our team members is every team member that I'm investing in must bring in four times what we're paying them. But when it's a course, you're the one doing the legwork on that, right? If you're investing into coaching, you're the one that has to do the legwork on it. So really making sure if you bought something that you put the time in to implement, that way you can get your 4X return. And that's, that builds wealth right there. Yeah. Yeah. It does. Okay. So anything else that you think, because I love how this topic has gone into like health into (laughs) body. I wanted to ask you, is that from the book, the body keeps the score or something like that? The I've never heard of that book book. before. So no, (laughs) I'm I, I heard about it a couple of times. I have not read it, but the principles that you're sharing sound like what the conversation was around that other book. So if I, I've never even heard of that book, it's just, I pick up knowledge a lot of places and I just tuck it all away in my little, I can help you tool belt. And I pull out whatever I think the person needs to to help them. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So is there anything else that you think would be helpful? I think one piece we haven't touched upon is let's say the person's having trouble with their personal finances in terms of they're really needing this business to hold them over or to like make up for maybe some overspending in the personal side. They've addressed maybe some of the stuff that we talked about what else could they do either energetically or financially in your opinion? We already covered the energetic part, get happy, but Mm -hmm. financially businesses tend to take three to five years to become profitable benefit. You can have from it. If you're not incorporated and I'm assuming this part is the same in other countries, it's definite in Canada, but if you have a loss in a sole proprietorship, the sole proprietorship business is you. So you can use that loss against your other income. So the main benefit there is reducing your taxes, your income tax. Um, That's why sometimes you wait until your company reaches a certain thing before you incorporate. There are benefits either way, and you can look up those benefits on all kinds of websites. If you're struggling financially, the first thing to do is get clear on the numbers. You can, if, and this, this is, a freebie I offer. I'm assuming it's okay for me to tell them yeah, on my okay. website, HC Abbott, that's A B B O T T dot C A for 
Canadian. So hcabbott.ca. On there, you can become an insider, it says, and that gets you a free booklet for me. And that booklet is financial clarity, three steps to financial clarity. That is so important because that is the, the free version of my system. And it will get you the clarity with your numbers. That is the most important thing is knowing where you stand because you cannot make informed choices without that critical information. It's really easy. Please don't get overwhelmed with it. Um, you just print it out, read it. Don't You don't have to print out the whole booklet. There's a few pages at the end that are actionable. Just print those. The other ones will take up ink. But read the booklet and actually do the exercises. You, you can message me. There's a contact form on my site and I think there's contact information in that. It is something that I did because it's important to me for people to make this progress. And yes, if you pay me to do a course, it tends to be group coaching when I do a course. Yeah, you'll have me help you walk you through it, but you can do it for free yourself. Do that first. Mm -hmm. If you're struggling with your finances at all, please take me up on that and actually implement it. And that will give you a very good start. Yeah. And you can follow my YouTube channel, which is Prosperity and Possibilities, or I'm on different places. So if you look for Heather C. Abbott or Prosperity and mm -hmm. Possibilities, you'll I, I do share information. Awesome. Love it. Thank you. Yeah, I, I do want to add there too is you've got to know your numbers a hundred percent and don't, I think like my audience is very perfectionistic, just like I am. And so I will just say when I went through this process on, of really dialing in all the numbers financially and in my personal, but also in the business, one, when I first started doing it, it was not perfect because a lot of times like your yearlies or your quarterlies or those items that aren't always coming out on a monthly basis don't show up for a little while. And so I just want to say for all my perfectionist listeners to run your budget, look at your numbers. And I hate to use the word budget because some people get triggered by it, but I think it's a very positive and beautiful thing. I literally have date nights with my budget. <laughs> it's fun. Yeah. But when you do it, it's not going to be perfect and it's going to take consistently relooking at it and looking at what's shifting, what's coming out. Do we need a new line item that we're saving for monthly? It's something that you're going to be flexible and, and it's a moving, moving thing. It is not something static. And so I just want to give everyone that context so that they're more able Mine to is actually it. an unbudget. I, I don't do budgets oh, myself awesome. because I yeah, like the freedom, okay. which is yeah. why if you're, if you most people that want a budget have already figured out how to do one. Everybody else doesn't want the restriction that from the connotation. Mine is an unbudget. It does not tell you how much. And the parts that you fill in, just estimate them because you really only have to be accurate on the obligations and your income. And those are easy to put a number to. All the things like clothing and food. That's food and fun, honey. You're just going to, because those are guesses anyway. <laughs> this is just yeah. to know where you think it's going. The obligations and the income are critical because that's how you do the means level calculation. But don't bog yourself down thinking, oh, but I have to go and look up all the receipts and the bank accounts and this. 
just yeah. use what you think is accurate and then fix it later. It's like when you write a book, you do your shitty first draft. You do not edit when you are writing ever because you won't get the book done. You do a shitty first draft and then you can edit it. You do the guesswork on the numbers and then you edit it, okay? Do it that way because people do get held yeah. back. Yeah, exactly. It, it doesn't have to be just so from the get-go. No, so it doesn't. It. <laughs> it's been awesome, Marianne. Thank you. It has. Thank you for coming on and speaking and um, sharing with our audience all about money. So can you repeat the freebie again and your YouTube channel? That way everyone knows where to go. Yeah. The YouTube channel is actually that's under Heather C. Abbott too, but my podcast is Prosperity and Possibilities. The website is hcabbott.ca. If you go to .com, it's still me, but that's the site for selling insurance in Nova Scotia. And you don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you live in Nova Scotia, in which case, give me a call. But yeah, no. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. It's been so much fun. It's been a pleasure. Thanks. Get daily mindset strategy and support to grow your business for free. Join our community, the Coaching for Impact community on Facebook. Just go to impactdrivenentrepreneur.com slash community to join.